Hey everybody, I'm Tom Ryman. Hey, I'm David Bell. We're here to tell you about a live episode of Best Bad Movie Ever that we're doing this weekend, That's Saturday, April 28th. That's correct. We're going to be watching I, Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be watching I, Frankenstein, and Jamie Loftus is going to come on to defend it. Somehow. I, yeah, I don't know how. I haven't seen this movie in a while. I do remember it's about handsome Frankenstein fighting gargoyles. Right. That can't be bad. Mm-mm. No, nothing about that can be bad. So <laughs> the show is going to be this Saturday, April 28th at 9 p.m. at the Hollywood Hotel. It's free. It's completely fucking free. You have no excuse not to come. You, you don't have to pay a goddamn cent, you lucky ducks. I don't care where you live. You come here. You, you get your asses you out us. here and you go to this podcast. There's going to be stand-up, too, with, uh, with Adam Todd Brown, Quincy Johnson, John Fahey, Aaron Pita, Matt Broussel, and Kate Merriam. Look at all those fucking people. Look at, all this, look at all of this value you're getting. Come. It's a free goddamn show. We're going to watch I, Frankenstein. You're going to hear some jokes. You're going you're gonna to see Jamie Loftus try to defend this movie. I don't know how she's going to do it. You have no, to come to the show to find out. Yeah. Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever. A podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them. With your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Best Bad Movie Ever, the podcast about terrible films and the people who love them. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I'm your other co-host, David Bell. Who's this? I'm your third co-host, Soren Bowie. Hi, Soren. <laughs> hey, it's a pleasure welcome. to be back. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be back on the show as a co-host. Yeah, I know. It's been, you know what? It's Soren's been on hiatus for a while, but uh, we've managed. Yeah. We've managed. Yeah, I we've... will also disappear immediately after this one. <laughs> <laughs> Going another hiatus. But I insist that you still call me co-host. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can come back and do Seven Years in Tibet and tell us about your experiences <laughs> reenacting the events of Seven Years in Tibet. <laughs> Um, Soren, what movie did you did you bring here to discuss today? I brought a, a film from I think it's two thousand four called Equilibrium. Mm. Two thousand two, but yeah, uh, two thousand two. <laughs> Hmm. Which is strange because it feels like a 1999 movie. It well, I mean, it starts right <laughs> off with that Dimension logo, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. It, well, it feels like a movie. It feels like a show that from like that was on Fox back in the day. It feels like <laughs> this is what came on, yeah, after Xena, <laughs> like Space 1999. Yeah, yeah. one of those. Yeah, and so you want me to just tell you what the film's about? Real quick yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Please yeah. run through the events of the film. Yeah, so basically, it 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 all circulates around uh, a dystopian future in which. Art is illegal. Anything that makes people feel is mm-hmm. illegal because there have been these giant world wars and they've narrowed it down to these wars started because people felt. <laughs> and yeah. feeling yeah. is what leads to There's anger is what leads to yeah, and all that. And so there are, they're constantly trying to destroy – the government's trying to destroy any sort of art. And there's all this contraband everywhere because we've created art for so many generations. Right. And so they're going around burning this stuff and the people are defending it. Uh, the resistance all is heavily armed. And so going into these <laughs> the areas... The future is heavily armed <laughs> yeah, in this exactly. film. exactly. <laughs> so it, while the majority of it is these cement block drab buildings and, and cities with blimps and things like that, and there's like <laughs> dictator who's on screens everywhere giving propaganda, there are these uh, little resistance pockets all over the place. And the people who go in to fight these resistance pockets resistance pockets are they called they're called um what are they grammaton clerics yes clerics yeah, i have this called, written down because yeah. i found it delightful that they're called clerics yeah just yeah. grammaton cleric that sounds ridiculous and mm. the clerics are what you would think of like a tibetan monk if they had guns mm. so 
all they've been doing their entire life is training in a type of martial art called gunkata hmm. uh, <laughs> that allows them the maximum range of kill points with their guns. <laughs> Which relies heavily on the other person not moving much, is what I've learned. Standing, planning their feet, actually. Yeah, in fact, there is a fight later on where they both know how to do it, and no one's ever going to kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the silliest moment of the film. <laughs> but they, so it's, it's really fun in that, like, certainly none of it makes a lot of sense, but they're doing a lot of, like, kung fu moves with their guns. And it looks all very cool. And Does it? it? I think so, yeah. <laughs> And they're like shooting behind their heads and stuff. Like there's yeah. all, it looks like almost like trick shots a lot of the time. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of jumps in the air that don't really matter. Uh, <laughs> and they're just killing everybody. And these guys are the baddest. They're the badasses. Like you even should, they established at the beginning of the movie that first these, these cops show up and they look pretty tough and they all cock their guns right. and point them at this building uh, that where some art is. I think the Mona Lisa is. Mona Lisa is. The Mona Lisa is. I have there. questions and, about that as well. But and then they, and then the SWAT team shows up and they look badass. And those are the guys who go in and mow everybody down. They're the sweepers. They come in with like automatic weapons. Mm-hmm. And then two more guys show up and it's Sean Bean and, and, christian bale and they are like they're the matrix guys they're yeah. the coolest of all they're dressed in like the darkest black because yeah. everybody's wearing shades of black <laughs> and, <laughs> and the clerics are wearing like the the coolest black <laughs> yes and they are they kick ass no one stand a chance against a cleric like you might as well run they're, they are the agents from the matrix basically yeah pretty yeah. much like he's never in danger when yeah. he's in a fight in this film and so uh, what happens in the film is everybody's taking these doses of an inhibitor that makes them not feel at all. And yeah, Provic or something. It's yeah. or prosaic. Uh, uh, it's not yeah, quite it's, Prozac. It's Prozac or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I think it is. I yeah, think it's exactly it, it, right. It's like not quite Prozac. But. <laughs> and everybody's very drab. Nobody smiles. Nobody does anything. They all walk around like ants. And then uh, he stops taking his fur. He gets stuck in a situation where he has to stop taking his. And he starts to feel again. And this man who's supposed to be like the top of the order of non-feelers starts feeling again and how he deals with that and how he uh, has to now decide whether he's going to like go back onto his medicine or he's going to join this rebellion. And that's pretty much the film. Yeah. And then, of course, he does join the rebellion and he shoots everyone to death and then oh, so freedom. Weird. Yeah. It's really wonderful. Um, and I, I will acknowledge that there are some problems with this. Well, film. I'm ready for you to poke holes. Well, my I saw this movie. This is one of those movies that I remember when it came out, it. It was a it was a real low key movie. This is kind of an independent film, almost. I believe it was. It, and then it cost like ten million or something. Yeah, it was one of those movies where it's like yeah, I didn't see any previews for it. It's like a, a friend of mine, or, you know, a couple of friends came up and they were like, "Oh man, you got to see this movie Equilibrium." So we went out and like found the one theater that was still playing it, and you know, go watch. I'm like, "Oh man, this movie's awesome!" So I remember having watched this movie as like a nineteen year old. And thinking it was just super dope. <laughs> like, yes. It's so cool. This is the ultimate movie that we all remember watching and thinking it was really cool. And then coming back and watch, rewatching it for the podcast, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And man, the first time you see the gun kata, it just, I laughed. <laughs> it's like a cartoon. It's like yeah. the me, silliest let thing. Let me see if I can describe it. He, he, <laughs> he runs at a door and he says, shoot the lights as soon as I get through. Yeah. They know that there are like 50 guys on the other side. And he barrels through this door and then does that hero rise where he's like down on one knee the completely impractical like mm-hmm. head cocked to the side down on one knee and then rises very slowly lots of opportunity to be shot to be moment. shot yeah <laughs> just and then 
it's it's a couple of uh, seconds of them in the dark and then all the people going like, where is he i know he's still here where is he yeah. and then he just starts and then the, the lights come on because he starts shooting everybody doing his gun kata stuff well you only see it strobing yeah you see the gut the strobe mm-hmm. of the flash the muzzle flashes and yeah. that's how you see everyone dying and him doing his gun kata his my arms- point is he never moved like he's still in the exact right. spot where he was when he rolled into the room yes that's how good he is <laughs> <laughs> And you shoot the guy, anybody who's starting to raise their gun, he's the target, he's like the initial, he's your priority, I yeah. guess, I assume. And then afterwards, like he's, the gun barrels glow because they he's do. been shooting so hard. They do. And uh, that's what illuminates the room. And it's, everybody's dead but him. And it's so cool. I also believe there's like a cartoony sound when he's moving his, whipping yes. his like oh, arms yeah. around. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the, the the soundtrack of this movie, the score of this movie <laughs> is just constant techno. It's the most it's the most nineties movie. If I was <laughs> if you were like thinking of maybe watching this movie, let me just try and sweeten the deal for you and let you know that within the first three minutes, I tried to count them and couldn't, but I got over a hundred guncocks in the first three minutes of this movie <laughs> and uh had to stop counting. <laughs> there the first three minutes, you hear every single gun in the world cock. Yeah. <laughs> and of course this is all too Burn the Mona Lisa. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, this is all to Which, e- execute hippies for, for hoarding their art. <laughs> where did they get the Mona Lisa? Like, I don't know, it's man. Theoretically, <laughs> in a world where they decide to destroy emotions and art, you'd think the Mona Lisa would be like one of the first things they get, right? It's in that museum. <laughs> it's in the Louvre, yeah. They've been tracking this one for a while. I think. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. the very first scene, I mean, one of the first people you see is Dominic Purcell. Yeah. And he's, in, a, in a featured role. Yeah, he looks and like he's a badass. He's he's the leader of this resistance. He sees that the cops are coming. He's like, you know what to do. And you're like, all right, they have a plan. No, they all get melee. They do not have it's a plan. A, and they get decimated. And then he has an unceremonious off-screen death where he's touching a record. I guess like he's dead. You just see him later dead. Yeah, hold, holding a record, yeah. touching this record player. Yeah. And all right, <laughs> I just want to continue along the just this first sequence because the part that I laughed the most at. Was they burn the Mona Lisa? I think that's when the beginning credits happen, right? Uh, yeah. And then it's like this brutalist Eon Flux society of like blimps and concrete buildings. Eon Flux and is Sean, a great touch point. Yeah, yeah. I love Eon Flux. Uh, I love that look, but it, and it's very similar. It has the the guy on the screen mm-hmm. shouting propaganda. But um, there's like the blimp, the the weird future, and then they're driving in like a tan sedan. <laughs> like just all in black like just like the matrix in this like family car <laughs> in like, the very first scene yes you can get a better car huh yeah. later they do because later like they're in like this kick-ass like tay diggs becomes his partner after sean so what happens is sean bean is his partner sean bean is clearly stealing some yates from this yeah art cash yeah right. and he's it's it's clear that he's stopped dosing and that he's starting to feel and he's just been hiding it and Christian Bale catches him. He follows him out to the outskirts of the city and shoots him in the face. Yeah, like St. Peter's Basilica or whatever that's yeah. like. And a weirdly gothic cathedral that for some reason is still standing in this world that they've outlawed right. emotion. Yes. And then Tay Diggs becomes Christian Bale's partner after that. He does. And and Tay Diggs drives him around. And Tay Diggs has this car that's like pure white on the inside. Everything is white. The keys are even white. Like you see inside <laughs> the true, car. Yeah. And, and there's like in the middle of the dash, there's just a big thick white column. And you're like, wow, that looks weird. What you, oh, a radio usually goes there. Oh, they did that. They decided to get rid of the radio in the car just for this movie. That's great. <laughs> mm, that's a good detail. It was the little details that I really appreciated. <laughs> that said, specifically Tay Diggs, but Tom, you earlier pointed out other people um, for a world without emotions, Taytig smiles throughout the whole movie. I, so yeah, this is something I can defend. But go ahead. That's my main problem with the film is that it abandons its premise pretty early. 
like it's supposed to be a world without emotion, we're introduced to so many characters that are very emotional. <laughs> yes. Like all the villains are incredibly emotional. Like Tay Diggs is ambitious, he's jealous, he's competitive, and he ke- from the practice sword fight on, he smiles constantly. He yells a lot. Yeah. He gets caught at one point in what you think is a trap and yeah. he yells about that. Yes, you're absolutely right. I think it's because we find it also at the end when Christian Bale has to fight the big boss. Right. Tay Diggs is his second in command. He's clearly just been added to Christian Bale's post. Yeah. Yeah. Because he want because he's trying to get infiltrate this resistance through Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. This has all been orchestrated in retcon situation where like, yeah, there's a lot of loopholes there, but it means that Tay Diggs and the head of this place, they find out that where they are staying has like these beautiful ornate columns. There's art on the the wall. Yeah. So Tay Diggs has been feeling this entire time. As is my assumption. I think that we Tay know Diggs the big bad has because he yes. straight up says he has. And I think but, Tay Diggs has been too. I think Tay Diggs is like his second in command and has also is off the sauce. By the way, I mm. find it hilarious that Tay Diggs is not the big bad in this because Christian Bale has no problem taking out Tay Diggs. And then this guy who's clearly not in shape. <laughs> yeah. Really, really gives him a hard time. I don't know the actor's name, but he's Robert the Bruce from Braveheart. Yes. Right. <laughs> I really appreciated that, honestly, because it, it a movie has it a certain format that it follows, which is so silly. You get to fight like now you got to fight the guy who's the best fighter of them all. And this is going to be a pretty dope fight. In fact, it's usually better than the fight. Uh, than right. It's all, the it, big bad. It's always the second in command. That's like the better. He's the harder one to beat. Yeah. And uh, he does the most damage. And immediately Tay Diggs goes uh, trying to get any blood on the suit. I plan on wearing it for a while. And then within 30 seconds, he's dead. He doesn't even get a motion in. And no, Christian he's not Bale, only dead. He doesn't have a face. He cuts the Christian front Bale of his slices, head off. Yeah. Slices him, yeah, if lengthwise. <laughs> yeah, up his face. Like, from, like, almost back to his ear line. Just face. It looks like Tay Diggs just got put through a meat slicer yeah. at a deli. Uh, and it's he doesn't even stand a chance. He doesn't even get a move in. No. And, and I, was, I was impressed by that because it's not following the usual movie logic and... I was surprised at how easily he defeated Tay Diggs. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> he is the ultimate badass. They kind of tease it earlier in the practice fight when Tay Diggs shows up and they start fighting. Within three moves, Christian Bale hits him in the face and knocks that mask off. So yeah. I'm like, oh, like now knowing how this ends, right. okay, like he just, he, he killed him immediately in that yeah. practice fight. So yeah, that's true. So it's a nice, mis- even, even so, it's still a nice misdirect. I just, when he gets, when the, the gun caught a fight with the boss is just, <laughs> Okay, so it's clearly this guy is like this actor who's like you said not in great shape. It is trying to remember the choreography, so he just looks like he looks panicked, like he's going to screw up the move at any time. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> like, and I know it's because he is. He is panicked. He's going to mess up the choreography. He is Billy Joel in Uptown Girl, trying to remember the choreography. <laughs> Uh, if you've ever seen that music video or if you haven't go watch it right now like he's so yeah he's very scared that he's gonna get it wrong and they're as they're fighting like all it is is as far as like the rest of the karate that's involved it's just slapping somebody else's hands right they keep slapping each other's guns that's what it (laughs) is that's all it is the entire time the gun clearly is the only weapon that matters in this fight because that's the only thing they're trying to prevent each other from getting near Uh, they're trying to you just can't have a gun pointed at you right like you're never gonna try and hit somebody in the gut you're not gonna try and hit him in the face none of that's gonna matter just like the gun's the only thing that'll do any damage keep that away from your face slap 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 throw a kick in yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. kick him in the stomach <laughs> while you're um, doing all that i think uh, so i have a theory on why that is too and also okay uh, i have to step back because to explain theories. that theory <laughs> you got a lot of theories 
so there's a fight earlier on where they go in and, and find another big resistance cache and Christian Bale starts helping them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at one point, all these guys run out around the cleric and they're like, what's the deal out here, cleric? And they're <laughs> all surrounding him. And instead of just shooting all those guys with his guns, he takes up this very cinematic martial arts pose and turns his guns around so that he has just the butts of his guns and little like points come out of yes. the butts of his yeah. guns so that he can fight them. And I think that what it all is is that in Gunkata, you're the whole point of it is to make sure that people don't get so close to you, like that they can come up and actually attack you within range. Like Gunkata is designed to you stand in one spot and you keep everybody at a distance with your guns. And once they are within that range, like your Gunkata is sort of useless at that point, I think. Uh, at least it is with the big bad because they're just all they're doing is slap fighting, they're just slapping their guns. And then also with these guys, like this is actually a really cool scene because he's using these gun butts to just beat the shit out of guys wearing giant motorcycle that's, helmets. That's the yeah. coolest, in my opinion. That's the the coolest part of he's, moment of Gunkata is that sequence. Yeah, he's just banging on like they're like fa- smashing their fucking faces like with his a gun. Jamaican steel drum surrounding. He looks like like the drummer <laughs> of Rush, just like beating on everything <laughs> around Bert. him. Yeah, and he's and he's just shattering these helmets slowly, and these guys are like firing their guns the ground because <laughs> they're just getting decimated in the brain i think gunkata only works when people are like more than five feet away from you and after that he's basically relying on a different martial art they just don't talk about right yeah and then they they randomly throw swords in in the middle yeah yeah that we never the, see again until the end yes their swords are at one point christian bale is just training with a wooden sword and tay diggs comes in and is like always training huh cleric and does this quintessential <laughs> smile where he doesn't feel right. That's um, when he starts smiling. It's from that moment on. He's just a smiling dude. And that's <laughs> that is that is a, a plot hole that I can't I can't negotiate because art is illegal in this world, but we're pretty hazy on what art means. Because sometimes art means a puppy, sometimes art means like a sunset. Sometimes yeah. art means art art does not mean martial arts. Yeah, what's wrong with having puppies? <laughs> I think anything that makes you feel and it's weird that they're because they they, appear, oh, okay. they clearly make distinctions okay. because one of the yeah. first things we open on is 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 the dictator father going through a list of newly banned things mm-hmm. like things that are have been added to the contraband list. So it's like okay, so we're still determining what things are banned. Like I, but if we're taking a drug to make us not feel, does mm-hmm. it matter if we have art and and dogs? It and really kind of shouldn't. It shouldn't unless it's encouraging people to stop dosing. I guess yeah, it might. As they start to see it, they stop. They stop feeling. But like it, it <laughs> there are. It's so confusing. Uh, what actually qualifies as like what's going to be illegal and what's not in that world uh, from the very very get go, because art. Yeah, I get. Is they they start with paintings and then they get kind of into music and they do a really good job with exposition because it's just the leader over and over over in like a voiceover wherever they go saying like, and you can't have you can't have any pictures from when you were young and you can't have any children's books. And you're like, okay, okay, I'm getting these rules. And then there's like a puppy shows up. And they're like, you yeah, can't have that puppy. That's, fuck that puppy. <laughs> and then he, he his window is iced over in his bedroom. And he tears down the icing. And there's a sunset outside. Sees the sunrise. And yeah. you're like, oh, no, you can't. You're not supposed to have that either. Yeah. Also, for some reason, pillows and blankets. Yeah. You his can't ba- have his, those. <laughs> a bare-ass mattress he sleeps on. <laughs> is like, are they defining comfortable as a feeling? I don't it know. There's be. a lot. Okay. <sighs> Oh, man, I, I I just had like eight different thoughts uh, simultaneously. <laughs> One of the big wrinkles in that is the the fact that our, our hero, Christian Bale, John Preston, is married with children. Because if you're, if you're ma- designing a society where there's not supposed to be any emotional connection to anything, why are people getting married and having a family? Like you should be all reproduction, you would assume would be like, you know, artificial insemination and then kids would be raised in institutions. 
Like, why allow people to continue having a family unit? That's like asking for trouble. Yeah. In this I emotionless there was environment. some sort of artificial insemination or something, even in the family situation. Because I can't imagine them getting Actually it on. sex. That yeah. must be like the weirdest I'm sex. I'm trying to think if there's yeah. anything in there that would suggest that they do have sex. Like the only time that you you can find out who is actually not on their dosage anymore in the movie, they do a really, they work really hard to show you like how colorful their face is and how blue their eyes yes, are yeah. when they're feeling again. And I imagine that that's like, it just looks like some, every one of those people that is no longer dosing, it all looks like they just had sex 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> like you see their face and they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> got that glow man they could have done that's a missed opportunity because if they went more into sex because the weirdest thing in this movie for me was christian bale's relationship with that woman who gets executed spoilers yeah emily uh, Mortimer. Emily watson because he's like really watson, into her right, yeah. but Different he like emily. barely knows her yeah and so i thought like if we knew more about how love is handled and how family is handled in this world maybe that would explain how very quickly attached he gets to her or something like that yeah this but that, he like steals her <laughs> ribbon and then is just like sitting there just like it all smelling the time, it like, like right. fucking weirdo. that's my that's like that's the part of the film where i actually watching it this time where i was like yes yes i get it now <laughs> all right because the first time i watched it, i was like this is all bullshit this is stupid but yeah he did have a wife at one point his mm-hmm. wife got taken away to be incinerated because she was a sense offender sense offender they say that move that a lot in the movie and mm-hmm. it does sound an awful like sex offender it sure movie. does and then this woman shows up, and he's he's the one who catches her, breaks into her house, destroys all her shit. This turns out to be Sean Bean's girlfriend oh, yeah. back when he was alive, and he was helping the resistance. And now Christian Bale, now that he's not dosing anymore, starts to sort of fall in love with her. Here's what I think, here's what I think is going on. There's, uh, hold on a second. Let me just also sure. say that there's a lot of other moments where... After he stops taking his dose, where he's not doing a good job of hiding at all. The no, he's, not he's very anymore. obvious. He's he's running, <laughs> he's running through crowds of people who everybody walks in the city because yeah. there's cameras everywhere. There are guards everywhere. If you make a scene at all, you get pulled out of the line and you get incinerated. And he's running everywhere that he goes and pushing people down. When he goes in this room to interview this woman over and over again. There's a camera on them. They make a very big deal of showing you the camera on them. And he keeps touching her fingers like he wants to like touch yeah. her a little bit. And like he's doing very obvious things. And then he breaks down crying in the middle of the town after she's incinerated. Yeah. Which is like yeah. he, he's making such dumb decisions. And I, he, He's also on camera in the interrogation room not taking his dose. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> very pointedly, like the alarm goes off for everyone to take their dose. And she's like, aren't you going to take your interval? And he's like. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, she's like, or my God, you're. What are you feeling? Do? I don't know. And I think what's going on there is that this is somebody who has maybe never felt his whole life, or hasn't felt since he was very, very young, and is suddenly not feeling, or suddenly starts feeling again. And so I have a, I have like a toddler at home. I, watching my toddler deal and grapple with big emotions is borderline comical because like they just don't know how to do it yet yeah right. and so was, this is somebody who doesn't have the maturity of like bottling some emotions uh showing some other emotions knowing when like the time is right to do to show your emotions and when to feel things and he <laughs> so he's like a toddler in that respect we're like he's just feeling everything at once and it's so big that he can't help him he's clumsy with it and he's bad at it right. it's like he's running through crowds because he's got that impulse and he's like yeah, i want to touch this woman's fingers <laughs> yeah. and like i'm gonna touch the subway railing and now i go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right yeah he wants to like he's for him when he first gets off the dose is like art to him is just tactile shit yeah, like he's it's touching shit bare yeah, bones. He's, he's like on ecstasy and yeah moment. the most bare bones way that you could feel anything he's yeah. like and now i'm gonna touch these bullet holes in the wall <laughs> oh, this is great and he he's just like 
he's so immature in the way that he feels that that all that now that starts to feel more genuine. Like the, everything he's doing that seems very dumb, he just doesn't know any other way to do it because right. he's, he's he's so overwhelmed by his emotions. Yeah, I'll get that. And and then from the narrative standpoint, it's like how come he's not getting caught? Because they don't want to. It's because they figured it out and they're yeah. using him to infiltrate the resistance. Yeah, sure. there are a lot of times when he should have been caught. Right. Like, so like how many? T- like Tay Diggs quote unquote tests him like eight different times in the movie and it's like you have to know that he's yeah he's coming up with reasons why like oh you led them into our trap didn't you cleric when he's trying to help dudes get away and (laughs) i killed a bunch of his buddies yeah like in the next room this also i think probably explains why he's he's so willing to he's unwilling to kill anyone in this rebellion but he's so willing to kill all everybody else who's on the dose i mean hypothetically or theoretically those people aren't any less innocent they're just no dosed. they're just on drugs well, right it's, it's the matrix thing where they're like ah, <laughs> they don't we matter can't, yeah they don't feel anything you're setting him free okay <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> and so yeah he's he doesn't yeah he when he starts to feel like that's also a very confused emotion where he's like i haven't really grappled with how i feel about death yet i'm gonna not like i don't like these people dying these guys will be okay i'll shake it out it'll all shake out later when I'm he sure. kills eight people for a puppy <laughs> yeah that's right, right. <laughs> um so that is, uh, in a way that helped me like it helped me understand the film a little bit better that he is if you it's almost a comedy in that respect where like you're watching oh. him overwhelmed with emotion everywhere that he goes oh, this movie is very funny <laughs> the, pu- the puppy scene is a f- straight up comedy like, yeah where, where he first has the puppy and he he like finds some excuse not to give it back not to, to yeah oh yeah he doesn't so they, they find all these dogs that the rebellion has been keeping and they they go to kill all these dogs and they shoot a bunch of them and he flinches with everyone they shoot and then a puppy runs up to him and he picks it up and, and it, it licks, licks, his, licks his nose yeah <laughs> and it's the cutest goddamn puppy puppy should have been on the on the vhs copy of, yeah. this, of this movie i'm not <laughs> i i'm pretty sure this might have inspired john wick like the scene when he kills the guys when the puppy's in his trunk yeah like it just felt like someone had seen that and was like oh guy killing a bunch of people over a puppy like that's got to be a movie i am was tightly choreographed gunplay but like the gunplay in john wick's not ridiculous like that doesn't make me laugh yeah (laughs) um this movie has a problem with time there's a sequence where you know the movie opens with him killing his partner sean bean Mm -hmm. and then he when he goes off the dose he has a dream of sean bean's body being incinerated but then, like, an hour into the film, we see him go visit Sean Bean's dead body, which is still, like, laying in state before they're going to dispose oh, yeah. of it. So it's like, wait, how much time is passing? And then, like, Emily Watson gets arrested and they're like, no, she's she's being processed. She's going to be processed, which is what they call getting tossed in the incinerator. But she's still, like, he's able to go, like, keep going to the interrogation room to talk to her for a long-ass time. Even after he goes and has a meeting with his boss where it's like, we're doing away with processing. We're just going to execute people immediately <laughs> for treason. And yet, then a- after that scene, they still have a scene where like she's being processed. So it's like, this movie can't... I, the, the timeline of this film is very confusing to me. Like, how much time doing? is passing in this movie? I Maybe, yeah, we just don't get to see the bureaucracy of this world. I'm sure that there's a plethora of it. But it is does seem strange that she's just allowed to sit in this room forever. She doesn't have a cell or anything. She sits in a room that has like the the shadows of water, well, light through water. Of, <laughs> yeah. For some reason coming out of the ceiling of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. But. Um, but she, this is just where she lives for like the the entire film. For maybe for like a week, a week apparently. <laughs> And then they show us how much of his doses he's been hiding. It's like, how much time is going? <laughs> and Sean Bean is still sitting in, like, a, the morgue? Yeah. It's, I, I, I hope that it's just, like, it's like Brazil. Like, the paperwork to process these is just impossible. A nightmare, yeah. yeah. 
I also noticed that <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> the paperwork, sorry, the paperwork I did does make me laugh because we see that all the clerics have desks. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Right. What that's work right. are they doing at their desks? <laughs> he doesn't do any. He sits at his he desk a lot there. and mopes. And like, doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he looks at a photo for a long time and then also like rearranges his desk and that's it. We see a guy behind him working. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> like, what? What is the work that you come to the office as a cleric to do? Yeah. I also noticed the moment he got emotions, he still didn't care much for his kids. Like, he has, yeah. like, one scene his where he watched him sleep, and he's just like, yeah, not for me. Like, he, he just sort of, <laughs> he, he, I thought that he was going to get more involved with his kids the moment he got emotions because it's his kids. But yeah, he doesn't really hang out with them no, much he, of the movie. He cuts his losses there. Yeah, yeah, and then his son just saves his ass. Yeah. So his, his child, this, yeah, the reveal is that his kids haven't been dosing. But early on, we meet his son, who's probably like 12. And that yeah. kid is the worst kid you ever went to school with. Stone yeah. cold narc. Yeah. That kid. <laughs> and encouraged to be. And yeah. he's, he, we, we watch him. We first meet him when he's sitting Indian style on a beige floor watching propaganda. Yeah. And he has his hair all slicked back and he's awful. And he keeps asking his dad. Anytime his dad tries to sneak around, he's like, what are you doing? When his dad's trying to hide his doses, oh, yeah. whatever yeah. he's trying to do. And, uh, <laughs> and you're like, I fucking hate this kid too. Yeah. I don't care about him. And then when you find out that he's good, you're like, uh, oh, okay, good. It kind That's of it good, makes sense because yeah. he's like constantly kid, trying to see if his dad's here's still the dosing. Yeah, the kid was way better at hiding emotions than his. Oh father. yeah, That's what I think. So I think the kids haven't been doing it since the mom died. I'm not really clear on how long ago she died, but uh, two years I th- or four years. He says four, four years. years. Okay, so they're. The kids haven't been on their dose for a long time, so they're a little bit better now at this point at hiding their emotions and understanding how to get by without them. But when you would come off of that, like you come off a drug like that and you're feeling again, you would not be in control. And I love that he's not. (laughs) And they keep keep calling it an opiate. So it's like you've been taking this opiate for decades and you just suddenly stopped taking <laughs> cold it. turkey it does explain why he's so sweaty all the time he's very sweaty yeah, he's probably sweaty super constipated <laughs> oh man another um, incredible detail is that he gets that photograph of sean bean and it's mm-hmm. his freedom on the back of it in that obviously photoshopped photograph it's sean bean sitting in like a sunlit field or, or, or forest with uh, Emily Watson and he's wearing like a checkered collared shirt I'm like okay so <laughs> did he leave and then every time he left the city to go into what do they call it the wastes the uh, something yeah the nether. the nether the nether it's, it's that's right straight out of Minecraft go into the nether to like meet with Emily Watson he's changing into like weekend dad clothes <laughs> I do like yeah like, she, we didn't get that scene of her being like you know I hate it when you wear your cleric outfit yeah. out. We're going to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like all the outfits, even when it's not the cleric, it's like they're all designed to be like, it's all the same and nobody's different. You know, it's that yeah. that idea. I just like the idea that he's changing into like his L.L. Bean clothes <laughs> to go <laughs> hang out with her. <laughs> yeah, it's there, there are some certainly some some holes in this film. From, from what I'm gathering, you like this film because you've, created a bit of like extended fan fiction around the explanations (laughs) soren's extended universe of this yeah to like make the film work a little better that's my cognitive dissonance that's what i do with movies that i liked as a child and then have come back to and people are like no those are bad movies they go uh give me give me half an hour i'm gonna figure out out why this is still good (laughs) i think the main i mean like i like the premise of the movie even though it kind of i wish they would have kept at least one of the villains 
like not emotional because that idea i like that idea and like the story of this film i would have liked to see one person act unemotional that wasn't just christian bale at the beginning right yeah it would it would have been nice to actually stick with that thread through more of it you're right because he's such a badass in the beginning of that movie like a stone cold badass he's just, yeah and then the first couple of times you meet tay diggs he's also just like you yeah, know, yeah. It's even like completely like, yeah, this is uh this is what we do and uh, we don't feel anything about it. And it's like, yeah, I buy that. Right. There's no re- there's no real good reason to have the big bad boss Ante Diggs be people who aren't dosing as well because you don't need it. It's already a bad society. This is a dystopia. You don't need to like prove it to us like, oh no, they're also greedy on top. Yeah, we didn't need that extra wrinkle. And then like the big bad like in the scene where he's like telling him where we were suspending due process or we're just going to start ex- shooting people on site or just sending them straight into the furnace without any trial. And he's like, but that's not logical. That doesn't, that, what's the point of a society doesn't do that? It's like, well, you have to take some things on faith. I'm like, faith? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it's weird to have, in, in the society that they established, it's weird to have the father character, right? Because yes. it's like you're deifying a figurehead of your society. So it's that's, also, emotion they like, right there. They should be like the Borg, basically. Yeah. And you have these people practicing what is a martial art. Like this idea that it, it should be like a religious experience, that you're getting closer to God through your polishing of this craft. Mm-hmm. And and that's what like martial arts are built around. Yeah. The word <laughs> art is in it. <laughs> it's supposed to be sacred by its very nature. And you see people practicing it constantly. Yeah. But then they're also like, oh, but this is completely divorced from anything higher than it. So they're just they're just getting really good at being badass fighters. And that's yeah. It. You mentioned the Borg. And this is actually this is like the story of Vulcan from Star Trek. It's like they aba- they yeah. they abandoned emotion because of war and, and stuff. And they became the society that, that Vulcans are in, in Star Trek, except they did it not with like like militaristic like what what it's done in this film. They do it with like social shame like you're 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 an outcast if you start feeling things so i was i I was digging on everybody basically being spock for the first half of the movie (laughs) and then that just falls apart right i think the main thing that dates this movie like it was how much gun porn it is yeah uh well it's also like there's a lot of cross dissolves and things like that that yeah. they do every single way to get out of a scene other than a star wipe yeah. and it, right. it does feel very old <laughs> it yeah that and it's just it's especially in light of like you know it's uh, we've had you know a decade and a half of mass shootings and then it's like the you know the question of of the nra and the glorification of gun culture it's like every single part of this movie is about how awesome guns are it does it does nothing yeah it is gun porn it's it, it only makes guns look completely sexy it makes you yeah. want a gun real yeah bad. and like when that when the resistance like finally triumphs it's just them going through the city and just executing masses of these uh soldiers <laughs> who are like like you said who are just people who are on this drug that's making them not feel things I am now surprised that this is a post 9-11 movie because part of their their whole yes. plan is that they blow up most of the city too. Yeah, to bombs just start am, going off. I'm yeah. shocked that this was 2002, uh, mainly because it makes me understand why the movie didn't do good because it's the Matrix was 1999. Yeah, so it's there's like the outfits, the fighting is just completely the Matrix. It's cribbed, yeah. Slash Dark City. It's slash lot, yeah. 1984. It's a lot of things that we've already seen. It might have been a cash grab. I won't. I will yeah. I- admit that <laughs> this movie, but it does. There are. I mean, there's enough of the, enough of an appeal there that these people signed on board. They read the script and were like, Emily Watson was like, "Yeah, this sounds like a great movie. I want to be in it." And Christian Bale that they got these big names to be in it, and 
I don't think it's a total flop either. Even yeah. now, even watching it now, there are elements of it where I look, I can really appreciate like the editing. The editing of the scenes makes you believe that this gunkata might actually work. Like it keeps you from thinking too much about it. There's a scene early on where they're going to take the puppy from him and the mm-hmm. puppy's in his car and he, they have guns trained on him and he does this move with his hands where he basically just pushes the guns out of the way and suddenly the guns are in his hands. Right. Yep. And so that means that they spun on some axis that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah. in space out of these these other gentlemen's hands and, 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 all the way into his, and then he shoots both of them in the face. But as you're watching it, you're like, oh, that was an awesome move. Right. It also assumes that these trained soldiers had feather grips on their <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that they didn't have their fingers on the triggers because your fingers like in that little cage. Yeah, the, the, the trigger guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that part was very silly if you think about it. But in the moment, you're like, what a cool move. And then <laughs> yeah. later on when he sh- he's just mowing down everyone trying to get to the big bad. He at one point shoots. Uh, he he first of all throws he some throws clips. His, his magazines out there. Yeah, yeah. Throw, yeah his little magazines, and they sit stand up on the ground because they've got these special they're, balls they're, on the bottom. They're weighted like those those punching clowns, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. those inflatable punching dummies, so that he can then go and on the ground just throw his guns onto them, and suddenly they can fire again. And when he runs out of those guns, then he just runs over a dead body, and the man has a machine gun on him. And he does this move where like a soccer player would do, like kicking up a ball behind them, where he just kicks the gun over his own shoulder and then starts firing it. And like imagine reading that in the script, you'd be like, how the fuck are we going to do <laughs> it's that? It's pretty cool when it happens. <laughs> and, and when he does it, it, the editing is perfect. You you are totally on board with every single moment of that, like how that happens. And it you, you barely see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree. Like it, within the scenes, the editing is pretty good. But then again, like the passage of time is really unclear in the film. So... <laughs> Yes, things that aren't like important. Scene to scene is not great, but like within the scene, it's pretty. It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, sorry, the editing of the action fights, which is yeah. a tough thing to do, and they they do a very good job in this movie. The action fights are fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this is this certainly is not the worst movie. Yes, that's that, what I was that, aiming for. That we've had on this <laughs> on this show. It's it's not. It's not. I mean, I I remember why I enjoyed it, and it, yeah, the things that I enjoyed about it are pretty dated, and it's like. It's so unabashed in its gun warship that it's like really kind of. Like, it's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, yeah. you is... have to you have to disassociate yourself from modern culture to enjoy this movie. Right, you have to remember <laughs> this movie came out sixteen years ago. This is a great span of Christian Bale's career too, because I remember that appeal. To this me is when he's. This is when he's taking from off from two thousand yeah. to two thousand five, where he played numerous emotionless psychopaths. Yes, oh. he started with American Psycho. Then he was in Shaft the same yep, year. Yep, he was the uh, white supremacist um, in Shaft. And then in 2002, it was Equilibrium and Reign of Fire. Wow. It's a solid year for Christian Bale. Then The Machinist. And, of course, the one of the best emotionless psychopaths um, in Batman Begins. So he basically just played Mad Men for five years. Wow. Yeah. He's playing the same role in every single one of those Oh, yeah. Movies. He's of, great well, at it. He's I, great I, I, at playing I disagree. Sociopath. Batman is, is emotionless. He's, he's no, but he's a, he's a psychopath. Yeah, he's a psychopath. And Patrick and Bateman's he plays not emotionless Bruce Wayne, either. he plays as Patrick Bateman. Like Pat, Kind of, yeah. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wayne is pretty much Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Oh, there's another detail to this movie that I wanted to bring up, which was that they have basically desert eagles in their sleeves. Yes. They have big, badass, automatic handguns that spring out of their sleeves. Or maybe just Christian Bale doesn't has he, it, because he does it a few and, different times. And doesn't they he do it when he goes in to meet the father? Yeah, they're yes. like, give me your weapon, so he, he gives him his sword. sword. They didn't, there's no metal detector, and they didn't pat well, him again, down for those guns We find out sleeves. later they wanted him to believe that, right? 
No, they they that was the that was the end oh, of the trap. Oh, that was the end. Of that the, was the Jesus end of the trap. They, that was supposed to be where he got it. Okay, like they got him. So they thought he just had a sword at yeah. that point. He yep. just brought his sword. He just brought his ceremonial katana. Mm. And it's also you watch Christian Bale throughout the rest of the movie, and he can't be touched by anybody. I mean, when he fights, he is he is Achilles. Like he's no right. Yeah, he's never in trouble when he's, on him. when he's in a fight. And then somehow, uh, when he's wearing that white suit at the end, and he gets into the big bad. Uh, he's got a big gash on his neck, and he's bleeding out all over his collar. And I oh, don't yeah. know if they why they would have added that. Um, it's been a cut scene. Right? It, yeah, we we never get to see him actually. Get I, yeah, cut. I don't know when that happened. But he just all of a sudden. He, I think it's even after he kills Tay Diggs. Like mm. he's then like hobbling around, and he goes over to the window to watch all the explosions happen in the city and weep some more. And he's got a big gash in his neck and it's bleeding on down his hand because he touches the window too and his hand's covered in blood maybe it's maybe it's in the slap fight maybe like the bullet grazed him or something yeah we never saw that yeah no it was i don't know what's i maybe all i can remember about that is panicked billy joel (laughs) (laughs) trying not to slap christian bale in the face as they're doing their choreography ah this film yeah it's this is a weird one like also there's a lot of real worst movie we've had oh yeah, yeah 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 i um began watching it and found it silly and then i just sort of stopped taking notes in the middle yeah because i was just watching the movie that's good yeah and then there's even though it's like yeah it's it's a lot of other things that we've done before and stuff something about it like i said i'm a sucker for eon flux so i like the look of the world and i was entertained by it I think like it, it could have been a, a, a much better movie if it didn't take itself so seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it is very serious in a in a way that doesn't work. In a way that makes it silly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's there's there's a lot of parts of the movie that are really silly, but there's also a lot of moments that are really effective. Like I think when he first finds the ribbon before he smells it. Oh shit! I forgot about the ribbon. Smelling yeah. it yeah. crossed the line. That's crossed another line, but that's like, like childhood thing where you're just like, I I like this girl and I have this thing of hers and I, I'm gonna smell he like it. Smells uh, it in public too, doesn't he? Yes. He like, does. Yeah. Yeah. But like finding the ribbon, I thought if they had just left it at that, I thought that was really effective because he's like he's pulling things out of this box and they're like meaningless. But then it, you make that connection in your mind. You're like, oh right, like emotion and like feeling is such a thing that you can attach emotion to an object and that object can mean something very personal to you that's completely alien to anyone else so like if they had just kept it at him just pulling out this ribbon like i like that initial image i really liked yeah yeah without him smelling it yeah like without him ever attaching any kind of meaning to it like just showing that this thing was very personally important to somebody and we'll never understand why because that's the nature of of Mm. those things like people have drawers full of things that you know when you when somebody dies and you have to clean out their stuff you're like why the hell were they keeping this you know, it just it meant yeah. something to them. And then I liked the point that when he find the first time he cries is when he hears music. Yes. And I think I like that's that. really good because mm-hmm. music I think is probably the most like evocative it's yeah art it, form, right? It's not one that you can shut out as easily. With your other senses, you have a very you I mean, it's very easy to not smell something if you don't want to, to not sure. see something if you don't want to. And not to understand not a painting. Something. Right. But like you can always like a song but, you can always feel what it's supposed yeah. to or like well, the rhythms of it. And you don't get to close your ears off to it. Like no. it just it infiltrates you. Yeah. And I also interpreted that cry as like Oh, we fucked up. Like this cry of like hearing music and realizing like, oh, right. We shouldn't have we shouldn't have <laughs> done this. We shouldn't have gotten rid of emotions like this is. Yeah. Like it's part of Christian Bale's performance of like 
hearing the music and realizing everything is wrong. Yeah. And he's really in a fucked up situation. Oh yeah, like, no, definitely. I, 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 yeah, I think that's, that's the choice that it's just the music was the final straw. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh fuck. Like, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. He also does throughout, as he's not taking his dose anymore, he does think he's being very secretive about like where he puts it. <laughs> yeah. uh, he th- he hides again, it behind his mirror. His kid finds out <laughs> yeah, where, where a medicine cabinet would be yeah. <laughs> is where he hides it. His 12 year old kid who's probably knows all about secrecy at this point he also yeah. hides, he's going through puberty <laughs> he tries to steal mother copy of mother goose from that room that he cries in where the music it's is poking out of his poking out of his bat of his pocket sean bean is the same thing yeah <laughs> no, it's like... when he takes the when he takes the ribbon and he smells it in public constantly and like he thinks he's being very secretive about taking this ribbon smelling at places and then later not only do we find out that tay diggs and like that team has been seeing him do this stuff we also find out that resistance has seen him doing right. this stuff so other people have been tracking him just in the street being like Keep smelling that ribbon, man. <laughs> the introduction of William Fitchner at the uh, like 100 minute mark is a great thing. It's like, oh, this. Did you see him earlier in the film, like yeah, in a crowd? Yes. And you're like, he's beyond extras casting at this point. I think <laughs> this is 2002. I know him. I and- had to rewind and go back and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is he doing at the beginning of this movie? And then he shows up. He's like, oh, we've been watching you. You know, remember you pull out that ribbon when you think you're alone? I'm like, how? <laughs> and they just go right past it. Because, <laughs> like, because Christian Bale is not good at hiding anything. No, he's very <laughs> bad. He's the most obvious sense offender that has ever existed. And then I love it. I, that makes me just love it all the more because he's he's new to this and he's bad at it. Yeah, he's real bad at it. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> yeah, so I'm... I'm still fine with this movie. It's, I'm not mad at this movie. It, just, it, it is pretty universally hated, I think. I think I started, I looked at it. has a very Tomatoes low rating. And uh, okay, that's yeah. that's fair. Like my... Like I like I said, I liked this movie, and now going back and watching it again, I like it. It's just my the my the reasons for my enjoyment have changed. This also, I, I you watch a lot of movies, so I, I can understand sure. why this didn't miss you. But this is not a movie that's on. It was not in anyone's even peripherals. It was yeah, it yeah. was it like slipped a, under the radar for yeah. everybody, and it was a big name action movie that somehow they, they didn't advertise it. They didn't do anything. I don't know the narrative behind like how this film was released, but. It didn't go to a lot of. Uh, I remember no, it was a limited release. Theaters. We had to like look around town for the one theater that was playing it, and it felt like we were all in this secret club watching this cool movie that like nobody knew about. Yeah, I think the first time I heard about it was in like 2011, <laughs> wow. and it had been out forever. And somebody was just like, "Hey, here's a pretty cool movie if you like if you like action movies." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so I checked it out, and I was like, "How does no one know about yeah, this?" It's, yeah, yeah. And so I was also that's born into my love of it is that it was discovered like it was this thing that was unearthed mm-hmm. from history yeah. that no one else had seen right with like and still pretty good yeah it's not bad i mean it's not it's there's mm. some there's some really effective moments in it and there yeah i mean it's it's silly it's a good <laughs> artifact but, again with christian bale's career especially. yeah definitely definitely the fact that everyone in the film pretty much is still kind of relevant yeah and at the time emily watson i feel like that was the height of her career too. that was like right when she was I'm not gonna. I'm, I've been getting. I'm mixing her up with Emily Mortimer. She's the one in Punch Drunk Love, Emily Watson. Yes, and Red Dragon. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think this is like right when she was starting to take off. Yeah, I think this was before both of those. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah, Punch Drunk Love. That was her. I'm trying to think of the things that she did before this. She she had been in a lot of stuff, like foreign stuff, mm-hmm. in which she was very good. Also, <laughs> like a little naked in a lot of this stuff too. So I remember watching this movie and kind of knowing who she was, but she usually has blonde hair. Yeah, and being like, I feel like I've been intimate with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> How do I know her? Oh, that's right. I think she was in some old foreign movies and she was naked. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, she was in Angel's Ashes. Oh, okay. Um, that was a big one. And then she did movies like Breaking the Waves and Performance and like these old British movies where they have very demure sex. Right. <laughs> weird British Solid. Sex. Yeah, weird British sex. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this movie, any final thoughts um, on Equilibrium? I'm glad you brought it to us because I would have, I just sort of assumed this movie, like I remember it being fun, but I just sort of assumed it was bad now. And so watching it again. Some things that I thought were cool are sillier, but other things that I thought were going to be silly were 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 good. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I encourage people to go watch it again because I'm pretty sure people has have either never seen it or saw it once. Right, saw it one time like a lot of years ago. Yeah, it's worth revisiting. Yeah, go watch it. Go watch it again. It's it's fine. Yeah. A lot of guns. A lot uh, of guns. That's what, yeah. That, that, yeah. This time, I rewatched it two nights ago. After, I mean, we talked about this maybe a week ago that I was going to bring this, or two weeks ago. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to watch it at a time, keep it fresh for, uh, have it fresh in my mind for when we came in. Mm-hmm. And watching it then, I was a little embarrassed that I had chosen it because, <laughs> because the guns, the level of guns, yeah, yeah the, just worship how much they love, how hard they are for their guns. They're, they are rock hard for their guns. Is It's a little unnerving. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> There's one more scene that I want to bring up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's super important. Tay Diggs, at one point, gives uh, the cleric, Preston, his gun. Yes! To shoot all these, these yes, yeah. resistance fighters. And he holds the gun for a little bit and then says, like, uh, you better It'd be better if you gun. did it, yeah. Yeah, you, you take your gun. And gives it back to him. This is turns out to be a super pivotal moment because John Preston gave Tay Diggs his gun while he took Tay Diggs's gun and killed a bunch of other people with it, like a bunch of the actual SWAT team. Yeah. And so sets Tay Diggs up. But the guns have their names Name, on the they bottom have their of them. names stenciled on the bottom of <laughs> This the is, a, again, it's a lot of Christian Bale, because I get that everybody's letting him get away with stuff. Yeah. But it's a lot of Christian Bale... Should know. Should know that this didn't work. Yeah. Like, the movie tries to fix that by being like, oh, you're, the setup that you thought worked didn't actually work, because it's like a double-double cross, yeah. but it's like, yeah, Christian Bale should never have thought this would have worked, because your fucking names are written on the gun. They're, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyone investigating that would immediately know what happens. Like, yeah. oh, you guys swap guns. <laughs> it's right there on the gun. <laughs> what a film. Mm. What a delightful film. Yeah. Well, um, Soren, is there anything you wanted to plug while you're here? Where yeah, can we where can find we you find online? You? If you want people to find you online. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Soren underscore LTD. Uh, you can also, uh, in probably about May of 2019, you can watch my first episode of American Dead. Woo-hoo! Woo! Yeah, it's called Pride Before the Fail. Sweet. Nice. And uh, yeah, I guess we should push our, our Patreon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we do have, that. Uh, we have a Patreon. Have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Please check us out. We yeah. play video games and uh, tabletop games and role playing games. Do some do, do some podcasting, do some pod slinging. Well. Yep. So do that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Soren. Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah thanks thanks you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.